Michael Yo's got his own show. Michael Yo's got his own show. If you're looking for a place to go, the only place to go is the Yo Show. The only place to go is the Yo Show. So how are you dealing with this heat right now? It's hot here in Vegas. Oh, put the mic up a little bit. Put okay. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's 116 degrees right now in Vegas. Yeah, and I brought all long sleeves. <laughs> I, see, I see you wearing long sleeves. You long- know what? <laughs> this guy walked past me on the strip. He said, how could you be out here with jeans? And I was like, you're ugly. And I walked away. <laughs> That's the thing about Vegas, man. It's, it's- Ugly people got to wear shorts. Yeah. <laughs> well- Come on now, I wear shorts. I'm not ugly, I don't think. No, it gets hot here. Like, I never wore shorts, and I'm going to be honest with you, because I got chicken legs, right? And I'm the dude that, till I was like 30-something, I would wear, long, like, pants to pool parties, because I was so embarrassed of my chicken legs. It's so hot over here, I was like, I don't give a damn. I am showing off these chicken legs, and that, that's what we're doing. So I'm showing them off all the time now. Yeah, maybe they bake a little bit out there and get a little thicker. You know how when you cook, food expands a little bit. Yeah. But um, I don't wear my legs out because I just don't think shorts look that good on me. I have nice legs. Um, I'm one of those people that have a nice naked body, but certain times shorts don't – you don't, know, it don't doesn't really enhance look that good. it. Yeah, it I got you. I, I got you. Plus, I got a lot of scars on my leg. I used to like. I'm from South Florida. We used to climb mango trees. We used to jump off the beaches and <laughs> fall into the crabs and all types well, of stuff. Well, you said Florida, like South Florida, Miami. Uh, I'm from Palm Beach County. Oh, okay. About, about an hour from I Miami. Know, I used to live in Miami, man. It was such a beautiful time when I moved to Miami. It was probably like 20 years ago when I lived there for like seven, eight years. I walked down the streets of South Beach and didn't hear English once. And I was like, oh, I love the culture. There's so much culture out there. And that's why I love it. Now, I don't know how your experience was growing up there and going down to Miami. Was it the same or what? Um, it's crazy that when when being from South Florida, being an hour away from Miami, it was like a road trip for us. So we oh. didn't go too often. You stay in your little perimeter, your little bubble. So we stayed around West Palm Beach, and if we went to Miami, it was exciting. It was, it was a party, right? It was like it was it was like you know, pack up the car, fill up the coolers. We're staying all day. Now you're in Vegas because you're at the Laugh Factory. Yes. Um, now what got you into comedy? Because first of all, you're huge on Facebook. You're huge on uh, YouTube. All the social media platforms, and that's where I learned about you. And we were at the Comedy and Magic in Hermosa. And you're the one that was like, yo, come on, you got to get on this social media game. You're losing, losing tons of money. And I heard you, but I still ain't done shit. So, <laughs> and so, the pandemic was the perfect time. I had all this time to do everything. Wasn't nobody doing nothing. What, what got you into it? And when did you find you were talented uh, on social media to make people interested in you? And then that led to people coming out and selling out shows for you. Um, so what got me, so you, you done put a lot on me cause I ain't selling out everywhere. Uh, well, well. <laughs> they tend to put me on shows of like six or more on the road. And it's like, I Daphne Spree's could sell out one or two, but you know, <laughs> but, but like social media wise, what made you like kind of take off? Like, was there one video or when did you know, like, Oh, this is what I need to do. Um, so, you know, first it came from being rejected from a couple of other sketch shows. Uh, so back in um, back in like 2000 and maybe 13, I had started to do Vine with some other content creators, actors and uh, stand up comedians. We were all doing Vine and it would take an hour and a half to do a six second video. Really? Because if you messed up, you couldn't edit. If anybody missed a cue, you had to start all over again. So imagine that shooting it, watching it, 
looking at it, telling somebody else, redirecting, doing it again, boom, and then it didn't work out. Do it again. You miss your cue. Do it again. And to actually make people laugh in that six seconds, you had to really come with some heat. Like, yeah. probably helped me throughout where I am now in my career to actually be kind of more quick with it. You know what I mean? Because now you got to kind of get to the joke, right? So um, I did that, and I said to myself, I was doing this all the time, and I was like, this ain't going nowhere. This is like a... This is here today, gone tomorrow. So you felt Vine, even though you were doing it, you felt like it wasn't going to stick around. Yeah, it was a lot to do, and I I, I like doing it, but then it was just like we was meeting up every day. We weren't really making no money, and it was like, okay. I was like, man, this probably is not going to last. This video content, this is whack. And so I stopped doing it, and I just focused on stand-up. So I just put all that energy back into going into the clubs, hanging out, doing stand-up. And then so um, fast forward to 2017, they asked me to do a um a audition tape for it was a show on BET called 50 Central. It was a sketch yep. show. Mm-hmm. And uh I didn't want to do it. And then I went to the house of uh one of the BT executives and she invited me over every Thanksgiving. And she was like, Where's your tape at? And she was like, I want you to put it put in a tape. So I said, Okay. So I did the tape and sent it in and made it to the test. And then they didn't pick me. And then I have found out this could be rumored that it, it has something to do with the number of followers people had too, because everybody else was building their following and stuff. And I didn't have any, right? Like under 10,000. So I said, okay. So I remember calling up Jahan Jones and I said, Hey man, I want to shoot some sketches. Cause I was like, man, I'm not going to never leave money on the table. I'll never let that be a factor on why I didn't get another job. It's not having a social media following. Mm. And so I called Jahan up. He said, yo, I'm hanging out with a uh, Kieran King, Kieran and Simone Shepard could just come over to their house and then went over there, learned the system, start hanging out with them every day, learning, learning, absorbing, seeing how they work, see how they edit, see what programs they're using, learning, learning, learning. And then, so I wasn't really growing because I was just only the the small person in somebody else's sketch. sketch so I yeah. wasn't getting a lot of followers. So Simone had told me, she said, Daphne, you got to do your own thing too. She was like, "You, it's cool for you to do be with us and our sketches, but you have to start developing your own content. That's the only way that you'll grow is that people have to fall in love with you. And how long ago was this? This was um, when I first did that. That was July 2017 when I came okay, back. Because okay. I used to shoot vines with her. So ah. when they brought me back around, it was like, oh, okay, come on in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have to be vetted or anything like that. It was just like, welcome, you back in the family. I was like, okay. So um, I started doing... Um, talking to the camera about relationships. So, you know, Kevin Samuels, how he be talking to women. Mm -hmm. I used to talk about men like that in relationships, basically saying, listen, I remember my first viral video. It actually made it to New York, a big comedian. It's a, it's a guy in New York, a white guy. I think he had like red hair. He has like a radio show or a huge podcast. I had made it to the radio stations everywhere. They played this on. um, What was it? What was it? I have, can we pull it up? What can we pull it up? It was, um, they did a hate article of me, some, a a coalition of black men hated me because they said women like me. It was called, um, yeah. It's um, on YouTube, and it was about me talking to the camera saying, I'm tired of um, men with potential. And this made it to radio stations. They wrote articles about me. It kind of went everywhere. Okay, which and, one is uh, it? Keep going down. Keep going down. Oh, you know, I got a lot of videos. Oh, yeah, we might not even find we it. We might not even find it. Look at you all <laughs> over the place, girl. Okay. That's yeah, what's up, right? Yeah, it looks like it's all the way down here. I love that. But can I tell you, like, 
because they're seeing what we're seeing right now. Uh-huh. I love this. I well, love you. that they put in your name and look how much content on YouTube comes up. You put in my name, five videos. That's <laughs> <laughs> but this is what's up. This is the new this is the new way, man. This is how people find you. This is how you build fans, and you're definitely doing it. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a video right here. Hey, what's up? This is Daphne Springs with a public service announcement. If you're over 30, have your shit together before you step to me. I'm done with men with potential. Don't get it twisted. I'm a black woman, so I can turn potential into greatness. Kind of like what Michelle did for Barack. But I don't have time. I'm done at the building nigga workshop. You're a man with potential? Find you a woman with potential. Y'all have a potential ass baby. Y'all live in a potential ass house inside of a potential ass neighborhood. And I'm not knocking potential, but you should have potential in your teens and your 20s. So by the time you're 30, that potential is now success. And by the time you 50, that success should be greatness. And if you 60, still with potential, die. It's over, nigga. That rap career ain't never gonna happen. You ain't never gonna have a house. You a damn raisin in the sun. Oh, my mama. If another man enters my life and act like his shit together, but I find out that he just a man with potential, you gonna find me on the Discovery ID channel because I'm gonna snap. <laughs> yeah, that's me. Talking about, you know, basically, um, I'm tired of men with potential. Uh, I feel like some men shouldn't date until they have their shit together. And oh. that's where I'm at with it in life. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not here to build a bear. Oh, <laughs> you're here. You want the bear already built. Some men are so focused and people, period. They're, they don't have their stuff together, but they want to date. And it's like you're going into a relationship and you don't you don't have your life together. So now you're creating a toxic environment. So let, let me ask you this. You if what's the perfect man to you? Um, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even grow up Christian. No, I'm just joking. What is two characteristics they got to have? Uh, I would say ambition. Yes. Right. Gotta have because ambition. people say money, but a man with ambition will never be broke. That's true. And yeah. I've seen people with a lot of money that are shitty people, too. Yeah. You know that it's funny to me where I was with one of my friends and this dude is an international superstar. When I say international, I mean international. And we were in a restaurant watching people and he's so laid back. He never dresses up. and He's one of the biggest stars in the world. And we're sitting there at dinner. And he goes, he looks at me and goes, what do you think people want, fame or money? And, and, and I went, oh, money, because that's what, like, you could take care of your family. He goes, you could take care of your loved ones. And he goes, see, because you're logical. He goes, but people want fame. You know why? Because they'll get everything money offers for free. And I was thinking about that, and I go, you know what? That was the time where I knew the Kardashians. I knew a bunch of reality stars. And I go, that is so true. That's why rich people drive very expensive cars because they want people to know they're rich. But as soon as you go in a restaurant, nobody knows you're rich. Everybody's eating the same shit and they can't stand out. And that probably really disturbs. Them. And that was his point is that everybody in this restaurant is the same. Nobody's richer than anybody because we all eat the same food. But rich. But I'm also eating my food with a $50,000 watch on. That's I true. <laughs> That's true. But normal people like me, I wouldn't know a $50,000 watch if I saw one. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he goes, but fame, people, everyone knows you. And more people would pick fame over money, which is mm -hmm. crazy to me because I would pick money. What would you pick then? 
I would pick money because I'm a logical person. You know, yeah. I went to college for chemistry. I dropped out 10 credits short of a chemistry degree. So Why'd I you think drop more, out? Why'd you drop out? Um, because I went and did an internship and I just didn't like it. And I said, I didn't want this to be my life. And I, and I had saved up $10,000 after I figured that out. And I was like, okay, I'm dropping off, dropping out in December. I'm going to complete this last semester. Cause I'm all in now. You can't get your money back. You know, they got little pay periods <laughs> where you can't get your money back. Yeah. Anymore. So then I said, I'm all in. I saved up them 10,000 and I, ship my car out here and move to LA on Christmas day. So did you start comedy before you started the uh, Facebook videos? And Absolutely. What, okay. So what that's got why you, I'm good. What, what got you into comedy? <laughs> <laughs> um, what got me into well, stand-up? Who's your, like, like who did you watch that you loved growing up? I didn't watch anybody growing up. Really? Yeah. Because see, I'm from South Florida, more so of a country girl. And my dad, um, like I said, was Muslim and my family wasn't really into like comedy and all that stuff. So I had never seen any of those things. I didn't really know what a comedian was until probably like the age of 21. So I didn't grow up watching Def Jam or any of those things like that. Because see where the way I grew up, it was more like adventurous and activity. Right. So, um, you know, my father, we went fishing every single day, and that was like my little hustle. I used to go out there, catch fish with him all day. And then uh, in South Florida, a lot of apartment bu buildings are shaped like cul-de-sacs, so yeah. it's like a U-shaped apartment. I go, bop, 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 bamming on people's doors, hitting it as hard as I can. Fresh fish, fresh fish. <laughs> they'll come outside, and they'll actually purchase fish, and we'll put them in the bags, weigh them, and give people, sell people fish. So it wasn't all that. My dad wasn't into sports either. So really? we never watched sports growing up. So a lot of things I, I really didn't know. It, I don't know why. My mother ended up taking me to, like, sports games. Like, we used to go watch the Detroit Pistons and stuff like that. You know, she'd go with her mink on, you know. <laughs> but uh, that, was, that was, like, when I became a little older. But, um, yeah, so when I came out to L.A., I remember I was on a date. I was 21. Can I stop you? What brought you to L.A., though? What, what got you to L.A. from South Florida? From South Florida was um, my grandmother lived in Los Angeles for oh, over okay. 30 years. Oh, wow. So um, she now lives in Vegas. But she lived there. So I used to come to L.A. and hustle when I was a kid, too. I was like, what did I tell you? you? I was a little hustler. I love it. But see, that's what the work ethic that is put in today, right? Absolutely. So my grandmother, I remember coming out here. I was about 14 years old. I came to Los Angeles. My grandmother owned a hot dog stand. You know how you see a lot of Hispanic people own the little hot dog stands? Yeah, where they cook it. Yeah, street, they street cook. Meat. Yeah, they street meat. Yeah, street meat yeah. yeah but she had the little whole stand or whatever and we used to make hot dogs and so i came out here one summer to stay with my grandmother in los angeles and she had this hot dog stand i was like grandma you have a real business like we could make so much money like you could be taking this to a whole nother level so i said grandma we got to get some food stamps so she <laughs> she called my mom and said what well, can i get for because my grandma like she was like 60 65 maybe so my grandma was like well can we get some food stamps my mom was like i mean she's there whatever because i can't get them for her so so uh, my grandma took me down there to get food stamps and we would buy the supplies with the food stamps. So now everything we made was profit. See, I was already in the head I game space, that. right? Of like, let's work the system, get our little reparations. Now we making all profit, you know? So we used to have this hot dog stand and I used to, my grandmother took me to Food for Less. I would get candy and I would sell it in front of the Kmart over there off of Imperial. And so um, I was making money selling candy. She had the hot dogs. And uh, this man approached me and said, hey, you're good with people. You want to get people to sign petitions. So I had petitions. And I got <laughs> another boy to work for me. You know, so I, we out there making money. So it was time for me to go back home so I can go to school. And I called my mom. I said, Grandma, you got to tell her I got to stay out here. We got a business. We got a real business. 
And so my grandmother was like, okay. I said, tell my mom. I said, mom, I can't come back home. And this I'm was in Vegas. So, you were in no, Vegas. No, this was in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. That's yeah, right. Los okay. Angeles, okay. California. Yeah. I said, grandma, I said, mama, I can't come home because I'm making so much money. Like, I'm balling. I was buying all the baby fat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And how old were you at this time? I was 14. Wow. Look at that. So, yeah. So I, so from that experience, as I fast forward, I knew that I would always be okay in L.A. Because mm-hmm. I knew you could make money in, in, in Los Angeles, California. I knew I just knew I would figure it out. There's a lot of highs and lows in Los Angeles, you know, because it's the industry. You yeah. get a lot of yeses. You get a lot of no's. What, what's been like the biggest yes so far and what's been the biggest no? The biggest yes so far that turned into a no immediately was um, I actually booked a show with Will Smith and it was it was on Quigby and then Quigby went down. Oh, <laughs> man. You talk about the devil stay busy. Oh. But the biggest yes I would say that um, actually changed my career and life was uh, becoming a new face at Just for Last Montreal. Yeah. And how was that when you went up there? It and was what amazing. Year was it? It was 2018, and I did a documentary leading up there with Amazon. So it was the most money I had made on, like, television film. It was a documentary. It's on Amazon Prime called Inside Jokes. And, uh, yeah, and it followed our journey. Literally, you can see the story because so many comedians said it really touched them because they got to see that I did social media and I was working, but I was doing stand-up and how I hustled and grind, and they got to see our journey as we got presented on the stage. Like I said before, you're the – first person in 2019 because I sat beside you at Comedy and Magic because I'm the dude that you know like comics are comics in a green room and some of them are lively and upbeat but I'm the more chill one like I don't I don't I'm not the life of the party in a in a, in a green room but we sat by, beside each other and I remember I was shocked because you went online on Facebook and when I say thousands of people thousands of people tuned in right away to see what you had to say and I go how do you get that power and then you actually told me steps to do it. I never did it, but I, I know it's grown even more. How does it feel to make great money doing what you love through social media, but also coming from where you came, you know, where you're hustling with your grandma, with food stamps, selling out a hot dog, <laughs> going from that to, to where you are now. How's that journey been and how's it make you feel? It makes me feel amazing because I'm the first person in my family to kind of make the type of money that I'm making and to be able to do these things. And it's a, it's, it's great that they're proud of me because, you know, um, you, you don't know what to expect when you move to L.A. You yeah. don't know. This, it, it's, the, it's the city of broken dreams. It is. So it with is. that being said, just to make it. And, so, and you know what I had to learn recently is to pra- practice gratitude because I kept wanting to see myself on television and film, right? Television and film. So you look at all these people like the Eddie Murphys and people like that. You say, oh, that's the career that I wanted. So then I started to think social media wasn't shit. Mm. So then I wasn't grateful for the opportunities. And then I thought to myself the other day, it's just, and it, and it really took for me to do some mushrooms <laughs> and realize that, you know, <laughs> that's when you learn a little bit yeah. about yourself that I'm not grateful. I'm not grateful for anything that I have. Almost like an arrogance, like I deserve it because I want so much more in life. And See, I feel like I'm not getting any of the opportunities that I want. But I'm like, God, look at how far you made it. You know what's amazing is people like you and I, I feel like we're so hungry. We want, we're like Pac-Man. I want to eat up everything. I want everything. You know what I mean? But you got to realize the moment you're in that look what we do. And then we get paid for 
from it. Look what you do. You get paid from it. So, but always you want more. But like you said, you got to, I wake up every morning and say what I'm thankful for to myself, like my wife, my kids, my career. But some days you'll wake up and go, what am I doing with my life? Yeah. You know, it's one of those moments where even though you're successful in other people's eyes, you're not as successful as you want to be to yourself. Yeah. But that's what's great is the drive and us keep pushing to try to get over that hump. You know what I mean? And it's crazy because my mother just had a conversation with me yesterday. She was sitting down at dinner and I got a little teary eyed. I said, you know, I just don't know why I'm just, I thought money would make you happy and it doesn't because especially if you have this idea and you build up this ideology of what you think your life should be. And it's just like, wow, my life is this. And to other people I've made it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I literally walked down sun, Las Vegas Strip today and took so many pictures with people who recognize me from all different races, a white guy, Hispanic family, yep. you know, that I love your videos on Facebook, black people. I went to other countries. Um, the craziest thing is I went to Dubai and um, I walked through the mall and it was these Muslim women and you could only see their eyes. Yeah. And as I walked by, they started clapping and I looked and we kept walking, looking and they started bowing towards me. And, you know, I'm my character online that really took off after I did my little, uh, you know, videos was commentary. And then my next step when I got into sketches was just playing a crazy girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I didn't never thought nothing like it. Sometimes I would think, is this cool? Do people or people going to judge me for this? But I didn't know how empowering it was to women around the world who have no voice. And to them, it meant more than it did to me because I wasn't even grateful that this character, I kind of looked at it like, ah, some bullshit. Yeah. And then I played this one character where I'm a side chick where I'm always, I have a, it's a husband and wife I saw, and I yeah, insert and you, myself into their lives all the time. I right? see how you jump in a car with them yeah. and you're like, oh, I think we're going to have to break up. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't want me to leave. Yeah. And I was at a charity event with all these celebrities and this lady, she, she looked like she was well to do. She followed me outside. She said, hey, can I get a picture with you? And I said, yeah. Um, She was like, me and my husband love you. She said that my husband has a mistress and I really wanted him to leave her, but I had to accept that he was never gonna leave her and I was never gonna leave him. And she said that you've helped our marriage because we share your videos. And I was just like, okay. I'm thinking to myself, okay. But she said they're able to connect and laugh about the situation that they've all learned to accept that they have to accept each other. And she said, I hope she becomes like you one day and find her own situation. <laughs> I was well, like, let me, let me wow. tell you I know myself, I can't have nobody else in our relationship. <laughs> like I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, call me old school because my parents are still together, but look, this is, I just want the one woman that, that's It's a it. lot of work. What? Having somebody else. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. what, somebody Especially else? With, yeah, somebody else in, you know, that even because it wasn't a threesome situation yeah. it was like i gotta accept you as a, a, a mistress, mistress. you know what i mean so but that's a lot of energy going out I, even i've tried to date two people and just trying to schedule and i'm like i ain't got time for so that. and then you get caught in lines yeah and like it's so much easier to tell the truth that when you get older it's just like i'm not lying anymore i'm just say yeah what it is if I like you, I like you. If I don't, I don't. Yeah, you know, and chubby. that's and that's when I met my wife. Is when I started being honest. Like yeah. our first date, I was like, if you're not, if you don't want to get married in the next couple of years, then we don't need to do this. Because I was ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I. What knew age it. were you ready? Oh man, I'm I'm much older than you. I was 37. Oh okay. 37. I was ready then. You know, because I feel like no dude at 30. I I feel like everybody, even women and men, there should be. You can date as long as you want before 30, but really till after 30. 
that's when you should be allowed to get married. Because just think how different you are at 24 to 30. How old are you, if you don't mind me? 34. Oh, okay. So you're over. But I'm going to lie say I'm 24. If 24, knows. okay. No, I'm just joking. But, but the difference you were at 21 and 30. Mm-hmm. You know, or some people get married at 25. Just 25 to 30, you're a completely different person. Yeah. So I think 30 is when you go, oh, okay. I'm, I'm myself now. Yeah. I know what I want, what I don't want. And for guys, it should be 35 because guys are idiots. Like literally Some dudes are not- still idiots. That's what I'm saying. Dudes are dumb. Like we don't know what we want until, I try to say this in the kindest way, but men won't get married or be serious till they want to get married. The, I, I, look, you could be the best woman in the world. If a dude ain't ready, no woman can change him from not being ready. Mm. See, that's what I tell all these, like, I want to write a book called All Men Are Dogs, Find One You Can Train. Ooh. Right? You better copyright that. It's already copyrighted. Oh, talk to me. Yeah, yeah. You know, books do very well. Oh, I know. And then I have a little thing in my phone that I saved, and it said one book can end up being like 26 different streams of income. Oh, yeah, Mm -hmm. because different languages. Yeah. Like, then when they do the Audible, that's more income. But all men are dogs find one you can train. So many women come to me for relationship advice because I'm just the one dude you can talk to. And I'll tell you straight up that. Don't have me start calling your phone at night. No, like, serious. Like, doing serious. this? Your wife like, God, stop calling No, her. no, she's used to it. She's used to it. Like, I, we, I have some of her friends call me. Like, it's that, like, women can't change. Women have this idea that, oh, I can change a man. But until that man is ready. He's not, it, no matter who you are. They call them bench warmers, right? Yeah, I mean. Got you on that bench. I mean, look at A-Rod and J-Lo. You know, this dude, rumor is, he was running around on J-Lo. So he wasn't ready, obviously. I don't think he'll ever be ready. Look. He's been the same person. He look, has not changed. I was in Miami when he was running around. And I've seen him when he was married. So I, you know. <laughs> it's the same I've seen A-Rod. same A-Rod. And here's the thing, J-Lo, like. The reason why he wants J-Lo back, J-Lo, A-Rod was not liked. He dated j He changed, she changed the game for him. She made oh. him likable. She made, like. And a good went, woman can do that for a you. A great, yes. My wife has made me a much better person. You know why? Because when you go home, they got you back. And they said, no matter how bad you date, hey, we're going to push through this. Where sometimes you go home when you have a bad day and you just by yourself saying, I had a bad day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a good woman makes you a lot better, just like a good man makes a woman a lot better or whatever, your partner. A mm-hmm. good partner makes you better. You know what I mean? So that's where I am on this. So it, it, it's just I feel that, you know, with relationships, you just got to be honest. You got to ask a dude, can you see yourself being married in the next two or three years? And if not. Oh, so you think you got to come out the gate with that? Well, I do. You know why? Let me tell you why. It's because... A lot of people don't ask questions. They don't ask questions. So why you should come out the gate with that, if you're in the mindset of getting married in the next two, three years, is because it will be weird to them, and they won't like it if they're not ready. But if they are ready, they'll be like, oh my gosh, finally I found someone that's on my page. Because it's kind of like that girl you text the next morning, Mm -hmm. hey, I had a great time. She didn't have a great time. She'll go, this guy's fucking stalking me. But if she had a great time, she goes, oh, my God, he's so sweet. You see what I mean? So it's the same thing of bringing up real shit at the first date because you know exactly where they stand. And that's what I did with my wife. I literally said it was it was at Blue Jam Cafe right on Melrose. I go, if you're not ready to get married in the next two, three years, we can have a great brunch. But then we need to go about our own way. Yeah. You know, I don't think it's too many women that would turn that down, is it? 
I don't know. I'm not a woman. I mean, yeah, I don't think too. Somebody said me that like, oh shit, my coochie but, wet. But, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I do think some women aren't ready. Like yeah. it, it depends on their age. Yeah. You know what I mean? It depends because once you reach a certain age, it's all just wasted time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you look at your life and go, oh, I just wasted the last two years of my life. My girlfriend said that I date how I hustle and that's not good. You date. So no, I don't understand that. She's saying that, so I'm one of those type of people where I'm going to go after it, uh-huh. and I want it, want it, want it, want it, want it. Even so if it's bad it. for you. Yeah, so I date like that, too. Mm, yeah, yeah, can't do that. Quote me in your book, please. I will, I will, <laughs> I will. So so now when you got in the co- how tell me about your first time on stage. First time on stage was on this spot. I believe it was on Sunset. So I used to date this guy in college, and then he had a friend that moved out here. He said, yo, he lives out there in L.A., so Lee you, I'll give you his number. Y'all connect, and it, you'll know somebody. And they were a couple of old, years older than me because my ex-boyfriend was like 10 years older than me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why his old ass was still in college, but I was <laughs> 17, and he was like 27. I might yeah. be 18, but like 27. So his friend was like eight or nine years older than me as well. So, um, so he had to be closer to 30 when I was like 21, when I moved out here and he, he ended up, I used to hang out with him sometime. He was very cool and respectful, respectful, just a hangout buddy. And, um, you know, go over sometimes just chill. And he had a roommate that was a chef. And then he had this guy that came over, his name was Elijah and he did stand up and he invited me to a show and because he was doing a bringer show. Oh, yeah. He had to bring 10 people. You know, yeah. bringer oh, shows, yeah. and you got to bring 10 people, people to get, get stage on top. And if you was one person short, some of them won't even let you get on stage. Yeah, or they put you very last when everybody gone. Yeah, your people like, I got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I went to this bringer show. I saw him do it, and I was like, hey, I want to do that. Because, like, when I was 21, I did go see Bruce Bruce on a date one time. Love so Bruce, I saw, Bruce. I thought this was pretty cool. And I knew I wanted to be in the industry. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I started doing background work, you know, to see, figure out, like, do you want to be a writer, an actress, producer, whatever? Figure it out out here. And then when I saw him do stand-up that night, you ever look at somebody and be like, I can do that too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that's when I asked the person, he said, if you bring 10 people. You can come next week. So I got my grandma. I told her, bring all your wigs. We'll just pretend like you're different people. <laughs> and how was your first time? It, I was so confident. I was the best I've ever was. Yeah. And I've been chasing that high ever since. Really? I'm never happy anymore. I'm not happy with my sets. I could go up and people are like, yo, you had a great set. You killed it. And I'm just like, I could have did this better. Well, I, I think that's the sign of a person that really wants to be a great comic because every comic, I know when I get on stage, like I perform here all the time, like just rip the place up. But I, I'm always thinking about the thing I could have done better. Yeah. Like Richard Pryor did uh, off uh, his famous special, Sunset Strip, off the Sunset Strip. He got off the stage that night and he goes, I can do better. You know, so I think it's a sign of greatness when you always pushing yourself, no matter, look, you got to enjoy the moment of what you did, but you always got to believe, oh, I should have done this, or I can do this, or I can get a bigger laugh on this, because if you're not, that means you're complacent. So that's not good either. You know what I mean? I feel like that type of greatness too can become a sickness as well. But it's it's not good when you're not happy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got to be happy. at some, I mean, you are happy, or you're just not happy at all. Oh, yeah, I'm happy. Okay, good, good, good. No, but I'm just seeing with the always wanting to be better and stuff and nitpicking what you're said, I think it is, it it goes along the lines of you of wanting to be great, but what is greatness? I don't think it's achievable. 
I don't think it is either. It's so like golf. Are, it's, does it become a sickness? No, because if you if you reflect, yeah. like like you said, gratitude. Yeah. If you show gratitude towards it, and you're like, oh, I did accomplish this. As long as you're looking back and see what you've accomplished, I have a yearly marker in my phone that pops up once a year, mm-hmm. and it says, just it goes, look what you've done. And it reminds me every year to look back how much I've grown that year. And when you actually do that, it's, you go, oh my God. So this year it's like, I went through a pandemic. Now I'm starting a tour again. I'm shooting a new special in November. Congratulations. So it's, it's, I'm, I'm living in Vegas. So it's like all these changes for the better in a year during a pandemic. When I got that reminder two years ago, I was with my friend, which would have been three years ago. I said, let's both set this marker. That day the marker popped up, he was shooting his first special. Oh, wow. I mean, but see, like, you really got to, when you show gratitude, I, I don't believe in always being satisfied. Like, when you're on stage, you can always get better. It's like golf. No golfer is perfect. You know, and, I play golf. Huh? I was on the golf team in high school. Really? See, I don't play, but I watch it. You know, so I feel like you never can perfect it. Mm-hmm. In comedy, you never can perfect it because it, it depends on the crowd's mood and, and everything. You know what? People try to say it's not the crowd, but some crowds just ain't messing with you either. I do believe it can be the crowd. It can be the host. It can be the person that came up before you. It's so many things that can There's alter so many the in- energy of the room. Well, look, so for people plus- to say it's never the audience, it's you. You have to adjust to them. Shut up. Do you even do stand up? No, because also in Vegas, it's different because yeah. they've been partying all day. A lot, of people, a lot of husbands got dragged out here because they don't want to be at a show. They'd rather be in a casino. So it, the energy is different. We do, I do 14 shows here at the Comedy Cellar, and I always say four of them are like, okay. You know, the energy's off. Yeah. But 10 of them are going to be home runs. But four of them, eh, you know, you, you can blame it on the crowd. You can blame it on the comics. But when every comic is going through the same shit, eh, it's kind of not the comics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if one comic broke through and did great, but the other ones were like, eh. Usually, and what's funny, what I've learned about this room, if you have that crowd the first show, you're going to have it the second show. And if you have a fire crowd the first show, you're going to have a fire crowd the second show. It's weird how mm. it works. You know, it's but like a system. It is. Yeah. It's like they, they're like, we're going to go fuck up this show tonight. It's like you know? red or black tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so so you went up for your first time. Now, how long have you been doing stand up? I've been doing stand up since October 2010. OK, Dang, OK. That's going on 11 years. 11 years. I started uh, 2012 and I opened up for I started that before you. Yeah. Yeah. I started. Two- I quit a couple of times, though. Oh, see, I kept going. I started 2012, and one of my biggest ones, this was before Amy Schumer broke, I opened up for Amy Schumer at the Palms Hotel. Oh, wow. Like in a small room. It was like 400 people. but I op- big. Yeah, but I was only doing it for like three months. I Once I got in, I kind of like went fast, you know, because you I had great what? mentors. I had great mentors. No, I did. Like, I think it's about people you surround yourself. Just like. because you're good looking. No. Nah. <laughs> comedian tell me that i was like bitch i'm talented yeah. she's hey. like it's because pretty privilege i was like no you just it's not my no it's you gotta have talent look it's always like what gets you there but once you get there whatever gets you there gets you there but once that door opens you gotta knock the motherfucker yeah. open because if you don't you'll fall straight on your okay. face okay because if you're not funny you're not funny you know it's like and you may disagree with this but i talk about the kardashians i was on that show and I've been around these girls. I don't know them anymore close, but people say they have no talent. I go, okay. They did 20 seasons of a show. 
Think how many reality shows have come and gone during that time. They're known worldwide, and they sell close to a billion dollars in products. Yeah. So that takes the talent. People always say they don't have no talent, but I'm like, their talent is staying relevant. They managed to do it. Thank you. That's what's up. Yeah, that's a talent. That's a skill. Just like people hire PR people. That, yeah. That's a skill. They, they're very talented. I think a lot of it is behind that Scorpio mama, because you know I'm a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio, uh, too. Oh, for real? Look at that. November 6th. November 20th. Hey. See, I knew there was something. <laughs> I knew there was something. Yeah, it's all Scorpios are so aggressive, and yeah. they go after it. You know what? This podcast has, you know, talking to you about social media, you, you've fired me up again. I'm going to get on it this time. Okay. You, we're going to come back in a year, and you're going to be like, I see you. I see what you did. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Yeah. Let me hold something. Right. <laughs> I know you got it. That's right. That's right. Dear, you paid Las Vegas mortgage. That's right. Uh, where are you at now? Are you anywhere? What do you want to pimp right now? Right now, um, you know, just catch me this weekend at the Lab Factory. Um, I'm always in Hollywood um, yep. at the comedy clubs there. Yep. Uh, find me on social media. Yes. Please support yeah. my page. <laughs> yeah. I am dsprings.com. I-A-M-D-S-P-R-I-N-G-S.com is my website, so you'll find all the information you need right there. Right there. News, tour, merch. All the links to everything links you got. Links to social media. It's all when in you, one spot. When you promote, do you promote the website more than like individual pages so people can get everything at one spot? Is I it? promote, um, the, the only time I promote is, um, you talking about when I'm doing a show and like, like to promote Like for instance, when you said, like what's your one thing you promote? Like you'll be like, just go to my website? Yeah. Because it links to everything. Because it links to everything. Because when you try to get people to go Facebook. to this. Facebook.com yeah, slash, yeah. yeah. Slash, yeah. Okay. The website, you just click a little icon and it take you wherever you need. All right. Well, I appreciate you stopping by. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. And uh, get some short sleeve shirts, okay? Oh, okay. Can we make that happen? You know what? I'm young and healthy. You know. Uh, I can wear long sleeve. <laughs> Next time you come <laughs> to Vegas when it's 115, bring some, bring some uh, short sleeves, okay? Okay. And then we're going to do this again. <laughs> all right. Have a great one, all right? I can't come back until I get them short sleeves, huh? <laughs>